0: This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello
1: everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Hey, good day, everybody. And with me today, Nick Canton. <laughs>
2: it's time for the big payback.
1: Ah, uh, we are here. It is day five of seven of our week of shows, and probably the one that people have been anticipating the most i know we have a lot of broncos listeners out there and we've got our number one bronco boy back to talk all things broncos uh nick i believe you have a 25 minute apology prepared
0: yes that's all i came for
2: this is one of the most public of my many humiliations i've got to say
1: <laughs> you may as yeah, well just we be are... in one of those stock things with people chucking tomatoes at you you guys We're can't say but I'm actually, one by a, one. I'm
2: actually wearing a dunce cap <laughs> That Mitch made specially for me out of rolled-up courier mails.
1: Yeah, going
0: through the team one by one, and you're giving each and a personal apology, and I expect Good. it in writing. As well, <laughs> wow. which will be handed out as they come off the field. Hope you practice your
1: calligraphy, Campton, because those signatures <laughs> are going to have to look pretty fancy. <laughs> uh, All right, but we will. As
2: someone, course. as someone yeah. whose father signs his name with an X, I I hope you're not expecting great penmanship.
1: No, I mean, mate, we journalists are known. Basically, we're, we're second behind doctors for having the worst handwriting, so I'm not, I wouldn't be expecting much. But uh, yeah, we are here to chat all things Brisbane Broncos. Uh, we'll get into the game a little bit later on, but let's talk about the lead up to it first. Mitchell, a couple of years ago, Anthony Seabold, the club's at its lowest point. They're doing gender reveals on the field after collecting a wooden <laughs> spoon. How on earth have you got from there to here so quickly?
0: well anyone remember back in those times like like a lot of my complaints was it's supposed to be easy to be the broncos and we've made it we made it really hard for a long time and they found the easy parts you know when wayne came back and it came to them easy again and they made a lot of mistakes after that and obviously there's some players in this current group that i didn't realize were as talented as those at the club did realize like but they put the horse before the cart tried to go too young got the wrong coach in and and bottled it all up but Luckily, they didn't ruin some of those footballers, like guys like Paddy Carrigan, who mm-hmm. everyone knows what the things I'd said about him a couple of years ago and the footballer he is now. But him, guys like him, and, and Jordan Ricky, and even guys like Col- uh, Kobe Hetherington, Tom Flegler, uh, Herbie Farnworth, Selwyn Cobbo were all thrown in really early into first grade, and given the opportunity to sink or swim, and a lot of them sunk. You know, and I I guess guys like Herbie probably he hasn't really had any down periods like any of those other guys have. But a lot of them went in too early, and yeah, like a couple of years of being poor. But people know what I thought this pre-season. I thought they'd finish in the top four and and contend for the grand final, and that was purely based on like what Adam Reynolds had brought to the club, uh, the lessons I thought they'd learnt last season, and Kevy. Not you know being a delegator to other assistant coaches, but also I thought Reese Walsh was going to be, bring them swagger. And I think I said that in the preseason that swagger was always he's going to bring, bring confidence to the team. And fullback is at the most important position in teams' attacking structures these days. Not not saying in the NRL, but like a lot of your points are generated when you when you're in the red zone or in the other, other team's half in the on the edges and generated by that fullback and those as the link man on the edges. Dan Walsh is the best in the game at that currently, and him coming in was huge for that team, but. They've obviously found a way to reset their culture a little, get a lot of boys. You might remember a few years ago, there wasn't a lot of bad press, but there was negative off the field stuff with a lot of the young fellas in this team. And it's a miracle what winning can do because a lot of those guys weren't happy. We'd hear about them, you know, on the cans or we had even Albert Kelly and Payne Haas had dust ups at team events. They
1: scuffed his shoes.
0: Yeah. All that's gone. And that's what winning can cure. Winning cures all. And, They've won enough that they believe in themselves now, and they've turned into probably the best contender against Penrith since that 2020 Storm side. That they look like the strong, the the team. Even though the bunnies went really close to beating them that year, they do look like over the season the strongest contender to Penrith's mantle. And they, Hmm. you know, anyway, I won't get ahead of myself on that. But they've certainly turned it around a long way and brought back a lot of things that made this club feel special. And it's quite funny that they're not the first club to try it; they won't be the last to try it. But bringing back an old boy who knows what the club was like worked Mm. for the Broncos.
1: It's quite funny. He's got this club in his DNA. That's the best part because every time the Bulldogs or Manly or the Tigers or one of the bad teams does this, it never, ever, ever, ever works. But Brisbane do it. (laughs) It's just fantastic. Kevin was
0: like yelling at him about pride in the jersey two years ago, brought in all the old boys last preseason, told all the old stories, had some of the old boys around, filled the staff with like, Old boys, essentially, Queenslanders and a couple of friends. But then Kevy's merry band of men has worked together. Mm. and It's been fantastic. And now we've already seen, I know they're losing Herbie and Flegler. I'm not here to talk about player transfer. That's well down the down the line. But we've seen the environment they've created there. That a lot of the players are re-signing in the future, ready to stay around. And they're starting to get that feeling, what Brisbane had in the past, that they don't lose the players they really want to keep. Those really key players will stay there and probably stay I'm not going to say for unders but stay for a decent value rather than taking the money available, available elsewhere
2: you were really high on the broncos in the preseason for a few of the reasons you just mentioned mm-hmm. was there a particular game this year that you watched where you thought fuck I am 100% right about these guys it is going to happen the way i thought it might and they might end up being even better than i thought was there is there any game that really stands out as the moment when uh, brisbane sort of arrived
0: and became the team they are now. It's going to sound like a weird game to say this about, but it is the round 13 victory over the Warriors in New Zealand with none of their footballers, none of their first graders. Because that is the hallmark of a great Broncos side, was always when that baby Broncos team over origin didn't have to win, but punched well above their weight. And we saw the guys that were fighting positions that weren't getting positions. You know, Brisbane for a long time were a club that the young players didn't get handed jerseys, what you saw was over the origin period, you'd see, shit, who's that guy? He looks ready for first grade. Plays a couple of the games. You don't see him for the rest of the year Then you see him the next season. And that game, when they, you know, they've gone into that round, they'd lost to Penn without without Adam Reynolds and they just lost to the Storm, losing Adam Reynolds in that first half of that game. It was really a bit of a a fork in the road moment for that start of their season because if they lost that fixture, all of a sudden they're, you know, side in the ladder for a team that didn't really deserve to have that many losses at that point in time so they won that game and I think I probably had some messages in the old Broncos discord on there thinking I think we might win the comp like after that game because that just felt like a strong side that didn't matter next man up mentality was already in there somehow I don't know where it came from it was there they went to New Zealand got the job done and then they backed it up next week and got the job done again after Origin against the Sharks and again against the Knights who who came and took that game to them and we figured out a few weeks later how good that Knights side was but that period was really crucial for this team because that period is what set up the top two for them, which got the home final and got them where they are now. And mm-hmm. that's when I knew they could win it. And I've only got more confidence, except for when we played the Storm. You knew before we played the Storm, I was still worried about Storm, Voodoo and Real Moore. You, you
1: were very nervous when I saw you on the and,
0: Honestly, that's as nervous as I've ever seen. Legitimately, yesterday. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, that like, before the Eels, for example, we beat the Eels by 54 to 10. I thought we could beat them by 60 that day. And yeah. I haven't had that feeling in a long time. I haven't been confident in a long time like I am in this current side. So that, that
2: period you talked about around origin and all that, right? Mm-hmm. felt like the team succeeded then because of the program they've set up and mm-hmm. because in large part due to Kevin Walter's improvement as a coach this year. It's something that like we've talked about a lot, you know, off mic or whatever. But mm-hmm. how do you think he's improved as a coach this year? What sort of signs have you seen of that progression that you've been really, really looking for?
0: Well, it's, it's a funny thing because coaches don't often get the opportunity to improve, but they just really, in the head coaching gig, you really don't get that chance very often. And he's probably lucky that he the Broncos came from such a low ebb because if they'd been a good side and he had the run he had last year flowing flying that finals away, he might not have had the job this year. But he had the job, but it is quite clear over that offseason, I don't know how, I don't know what he did, but he'd gained some confidence in a few things they were doing and one thing I've really liked about his coaching this year is that it's quite clear, and it was always going to be there with with Adam. But when you've got brought in a guy like Reese, and you've already got Adam there, and you've got Ezra's got a year of experience, and he's committed to Billy, which has worked out for him at, at nine, he's given a lot of ownership to the players, and it's a, and you hear him talk about that in press conferences after the game, and you know he even spoke last week when they started offloading against the Warriors. They didn't go into that game with a game plan of offloading but the players it started working and the players have enough authority in that the way that team's game model goes is that they're allowed to keep doing that. You know, you might see some other teams that don't like coaches, like offloads. If they started doing that, the message would come down from the stands and go, boys, you know, tuck the arm under. We're not, we're not offloading respect, possession, whatever. But Kevy's really happy to let the ebbs and flows of the game and the season go. And I think what he's really learned as well. And he said it last year that getting ahead of himself, they looked too far ahead last year. They were already talking about the finals when they lost that Tigers game. This year, they've been about beating the next team. And even though we know everyone is looking ahead in the back of their mind, every good team ever has been about beating the next team. You take down this team and then the next team comes. Because if you don't respect the team you're playing next week, you'll lose. If you don't respect the Tigers, you'll lose to them. doesn't matter who it is. It's the NRL, you'll lose to those teams. I think he's been really good at that. Hmm. And I also think he's developed that, as I said, he's been good with the ebbs and flows, but he's what he's been good with, again, we see good coaches do this. When he's given someone an opportunity, they've got an opportunity. It's not been you go into first grade, you play poor, that's it, you're out. Like he, he gave, for example, Tyson Smoothie a chance and he was really poor for three weeks, I thought. He's been pretty good off the bench since he got that opportunity. You know, Jesse Arthur has been able to steal the winger job off Corey Oates, which you would have thought would have been impossible in preseason. But he's given people opportunity. And if you do in the opportunity, you'll keep your spot. Marty Power opened the door by getting, getting getting suspended. Someone else took his job. Corey Jensen, in that period as well, had his job taken. And I think he's been good at that, that there's been a bit of healthy competition outside of key positions. When you get an opportunity, you'll get an opportunity. So it's not a shuffle around. But then also, if you play well and outperform someone above you on the depth chart, you can take their job. And I think he's got so many things right that aren't really the, you know, the tactical on-field coaching everyone worries about. That that kind of takes care of itself. He's built such a good competitive environment, a quality playing group, and has empowered those players to be who they are, that he doesn't have to be the world's greatest tactical coach. He doesn't have to break oppositions down. Reece Walsh will do that. Adam Reynolds will do that. He doesn't have to do that part. And I know reminds people- me,
2: Reminds me a little bit of when Canberra were really flying and Ricky just yeah. sort of was able to vibe it out you know what I mean? And sort Uh of the spirit and the competition around the squad was more important than any tactical stuff they could do. And I feel like that's Kevy really playing to his strengths, you know? And I think that's an underrated part of head coaching is knowing Mm -hmm. when to delegate and knowing what you're good at and knowing what you actually bring to the team as the head coach, you know? And I'll be honest with you. I didn't think Kevy had that sort of sophistication to take, to take that kind of approach, but He has and it's just worked out absolutely beautifully.
1: I also think think that in a weird way I also think that in a weird way like his his sort of soft hand has really enabled guys like Miam and Walsh to flourish. And I wonder like and you know, had you know, it been sort of an Anthony Seibold type, or more of a, a disciplinarian, when Reece Walsh came back to Brisbane in the first, like, would he be having the season that he's having? Would Ezra Mam have become the player that he is right now so quickly? And honestly, I, I'm not. i I think the answer no is probably way. no.
0: No way. There's a. You hear those lines all the time over coaching of young players, and it's hard to somehow explain what it is, but you can definitely see in Ezra Mam he's not been over coached he's allowed to inject himself into games to his strengths. When Adam Reynolds is out, he's not asked to do another role. Ezra still plays to Ezra's strengths, you know, and Madden comes in as to play seven, but there's definitely an an element of, you know, letting Ezra play his game when he's out there. And I think that's in a few of the positions in that team as well, that some of those guys are like that. Like other things that have developed, you might've noticed the last few weeks that Herbie started taking off the back of scrums. Hit ups on the right hand side. And then he start, he's he gone up to right center. And then Stags has gone left. They just did that on their own on the field. And now they do it all the time. And Kevy said that post game, oh, yeah, they just did that. And I'm cool with it. They can do that. And it's just funny. Like, hasn't nothing's come off that? They yeah. haven't had like a big play. He's gone to Stags after it, or it's gone to Herbie. But he's empowered those guys to, to try things. And that team does try things and they make mistakes and they and they live on the edge of risk. But if they didn't live on the edge of risk, they wouldn't be who they are. They wouldn't be anywhere near as good as they are. If Reese Walsh wasn't allowed to throw intercepts. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't set up six tries after it. You know,
1: no. <laughs> like but He's he's nailed which reign to pull at, at has, each time in the season. I think he deserves so much credit for that. I know we joke around a little bit about how right. Adam Reynolds is really the coach of the team and all that stuff, but like, it's partly true. And also there's nothing wrong with that. Like Walters has nailed that. To it, mean, If you have a guy like Adam Reynolds, who's so smart, who understands the game so well, why not lean on him as sort of an on-field coach? Why not? Why not mm-hmm. have that expertise and, and and get as much as you can out of it? So uh, people use that as a pejorative, but I think it's 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 another strength of Walters, and he's shown this humility that honestly I don't think any other head coach in the league has in terms of his ability to be able to defer to his players in these situations. And with with everything that you've done this year, mate, I don't think there really is a better man for the job.
0: Oh, I agree. And it's just funny saying that because obviously we've all had our doubts about Kevvy and he's probably had his doubts as well. And and he's got through that. But I do think what Campo said as well there, like it's something as fans, we often get totally wrong of what a head coach job is or, or entails. Like I remember a while ago when Wayne came back to Brisbane and there was articles hammering him for not being out on the training field every day and people were getting mad at him. And then I realized the fans think the head coach is like... Setting the up the witches hats. Like, <laughs> okay. What do you think? Like, so what He's do
1: you holding you think a assistant... stopwatch. Yeah, boys, <laughs> I'll, I'll get the footy. Don't worry. It went over the fence. Wayne's just <laughs> yeah. climbing up the fence. Yeah.
0: Like, So what do you think an assistant coach does? What do you think a positional coach does? What do you think the head of the performance and the staff do, the sports scientists do at a club? Do you think the head coach does all of that? Because he does not. And he's essentially the, the head manager. You know, that's what he is. He's the manager of everyone. And any good manager in any job ever has known how to delegate to people better than him at certain things, or get the right people underneath them. And and Kevy's been really good at that. And obviously the setup they've got to now has worked for him. Like he's brought in out of the box signing, but he brought in Lee Briers right this off season, and he's worked with the attack. You know, he's promoted Matt Ballin up the chain there. Uh, they brought in I forget his name now, but the the defensive coach had been at the Storm and at, and at Parramatta, and you've seen their wrestle improve. It's a gross word, but it's true. It's improved on the field. Like yeah, he's that's not Kevy's job all the time. He's not going to be the one doing every drawing up every play or doing the jujitsu training. Mm. Like where's, where's he learned it from? Nowhere.
2: <laughs> Heavy fucking drawing so, he up triangles yeah. from half guard. Heavy V
1: yeah. Whitaker at UFC Sydney.
0: And, he, and he's not always had the soft approach. Like, I know you said that's the best thing he has, but we have seen him rip their seen heads off during up, yeah. games. But but it's going to work more, though, if you are the soft guy most of the time and then you, the soft guy gets mad at you. You're like, fuck, we've pissed Kevy off, you know, as mm. opposed to if you're the dude who yells at him all the time. But I think he's done a really good job and obviously he has to have gotten to this point. And... And I know I've already heard some people say, like, oh, but he's got a great roster. It's like no good coach has ever had a bad roster, forget me. No team that's won anything's ever been bad. Mm. I never understand that line. Neither do I. But yeah, he's done a great job and um he deserves everything he gets at Brisbane. Like also, any extension he gets. Again, he
1: some of these guys that have improved were already there. They were there before him. Guys like mm-hmm. Carrigan. Like, I know Walsh went to the World, but Walsh was there in the lower grades and came back. Like, there were plenty of these dudes. Uh, Jordan Rickey is another one. Flegler, all these guys who were already in first grade and just weren't very good. Or Mm -hmm. were underperforming. And now they're all awesome. So he deserves credit for that as much as anything else. Because if you looked at this exact same roster that they have right now, I went back two years. A lot of those dudes were on the Wooden Spoon team. Like quite a lot of them. And no one at that time thought, oh, geez, this roster is absolutely stacked. This is a top four roster. But he's got so much more out of them than coaches before him were able to do. And he deserves immense credit for that.
0: He does. And, like, yeah, guys at Corey Oates can't make the grand final 17. That's insane. like, I know Corey Jensen's no world beater, right? But he had a great year last year and a decent half of a year this year. And he can't make the side. Marty Power can't make the side. The way Dean Mariner had played when he when he was in, he can't make the side. It's a strong team that they've, they've, he's put together and, and he's overseen. And a lot of those guys are playing great football. And I'm not going to say Adam Reynolds is playing career best football because he's been a great footballer for a long time. Mm. But he was in a bit of a rut at the end of his South tenure. He was doing his job. You know, he was in their shapes and he was the lead man and the first receiver in all their shapes, but that's what he did and he got to the kick kicking game and was the goal kicker. At Brisbane, he's been able to use strings in his bow I didn't know he had. Yep. You know, that's... he's been a, a bit more of a dynamic ball runner. He's, he's taken more chances with, with the ball in hand, which suits the other boys. A lot more attacking kicks. He's been different
1: football than he was at South. I miss him every day, but I am yeah, also very I, I happy think, for
2: him. I, th- I think that's something that kind of gets a little bit lost in the Reynolds-Rabitose-Brisbane discourse. I think, like, if he stayed at Souths, obviously they'd be they'd be a lot better, right? Because mm. Bangard Covier is, he's a lot better than Lachlan Ilias. You know, that's mm. very, very clear. Bit but cool. I also think he, I think Mitch is right. I don't think he'd be the same sort of player that he is at Brisbane, because I think that change, even though he probably didn't want to do it, has been really good for him. You know, it's yeah. freshened him up. It's given him mm. a new point to prove it, it, it's put him in a new environment with new weapons and and new responsibilities as well you know so while we sort of think of it as well wow imagine if this adam reynolds was still on Souths. he wasn't quite this adam reynolds in his last couple of years at Souths, you know so he he no, he is a player who in, in in subtle in subtle ways has gone through a lot of changes and and brisbane have been the big the big beneficiaries of it do you think he's getting shane perry on the blower this week just getting <laughs> some Broncos
0: grand final advice. I hope so, mate. Oh, the only good advice from Shane Perry. But yeah, the guy, like, he's been fantastic. And the, the, the biggest improver all year for Brisbane has been Jordan Ricky, I think, by a mile.
2: If yeah. I called you this time last year and I said, in 12 months' time, you're going to view Jordan Ricky as a key player in a grand final charge, how long would it have taken you to call the men in the white coast to take
0: him <laughs> Yeah, mate. Or would you have just insane. come
2: over and like, eliminated me with extreme prejudice.
0: (laughs) Probably, but that's part of it, again, with this coaching. I don't know who's been the one working with Ricky, right? I'm not privy to that information, but they've really found ways to use his athleticism that he's had. He's always been athletic, you know, big, strong, quick, but he can't really run a great line. Still can't. Not really a great offloader, but they've got him using in effort areas. He's worked so hard. He's great. Put so much pressure on a kicker, and he's Mate, how many times have you seen this year that someone's like half broken the Broncos line in the try line and someone's miraculously held them up or chopped t- mm. t- them down before the line and then you're like, shit, is that Jordan Ricky?
1: Yeah. And it I'd was lo- him and he did it last week again against the Warriors. He does it all the time. I'd love to see stats on um like number of times tackling a ball returner in goal because I feel like he'd be right near the top of that as well. Yeah, Yeah. And he came he- off he- last week and he was
0: like wet. He was 50 minutes into the game and he was wet through. Mm. He'd worked his goddamn ass off.
1: We were all the winners that day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting contrast, I think, with Jordan Ricky, and someone like Thomas Flegler because Flegler's mm. almost the other way. It was always obvious how much ability he had, but he was guilty of like his aggression, which is an asset, was sort of overwhelming everything else. And he was just getting mm. put on report twice a week, every month, you know? like. Yeah. But he's another one who has, has gotten so much better, but in a different kind of way. In Ricky, it's about finding a channel for his gifts. In Flegler, it's almost like, Turning one of them down just a little bit, so everything else yeah. can really rise up. And like you know, Pat Carrigan was already really good. Payne Haas was really good, but the improvement in guys like Ricky and Flegler—that's the stuff that I think has really made up the difference for the Broncos this year. Because as as Bertrand said before, a lot of these blokes were on the wooden spoon team, and a lot of them were awful on that wooden spoon team.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, a lot of them, like if you'd said to me back then, they're gonna, they're still going to be in the league, they're still going to be in the league in three years, it, it would have surprised you let alone what they've all become, you know?
0: Yeah. And then uh, Payne Haas is the best forward in the world by some distance. He's gapped the field. It's controversial, but I'll allow it. Yeah. But he, he, yeah, I've, I found funny again. We we get stuck in that in the rugby league world, but people were like anointing Fenua Blake on Haas's level last week. I don't. Know, I not on this show. I'm like, even if you pull out raw stats, he's not close, but he's kind of close on like meters, whatever. But it's like, have you watched the two play? Like, come on. Fenua Blake is a great footballer. But Payne Haas is like perpetual motion machine that is 150 fucking kilos that goes as hard in the, in the 78th minute as he went in the second minute, and I still feel like it's a gear we haven't seen. And I've reckon he could play 80 in the grand final and not lose, not sweat once again. Like that's just the footballer he is, and it's almost offensive to compare other other front row for horse swim at, at this point. I
1: agree. I think he's comfortably yeah. the best. It's not even close. He
0: is, and um. I thought that re-signing him and getting him on an okay deal, I thought that was a steal. Like, not relevant to tomorrow's uh, Sunday's game, but I think they did a great job getting him locked up before November one.
1: Hey, it did, it did take out the 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 tried and tested story of oh Payne Haas linked with super deal at other clubs. So, be to linked year with again. NFL move. Ooh, let <laughs> him speak. Let him speak. <laughs>
2: All right. So we've had a lot of like good, clear eyed analysis of this Broncos team and the journey they've been on, but. Let's 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 yeah, this throw has the been people, far let's, too mature. <laughs> let's, let's throw the people a bone, man. The dogs are salivating. They want some red meat. Mitch, mm. how's this week been for you, man? You've been pumped up? You've been nervous? What's what's been going on? What's been the the mood at Stately Doyle Manor?
0: Yeah, well, like I said to you earlier, I've been real busy with work this week. So I've been a bit, just a bit distracted from grand final week, but uh, I've obviously been working on grand final week, but you know, last weekend I was up in Brisbane and that was a you know, a perfect experience. It almost had a, a weird vibe before the game because I think everyone was so confident of beating the Warriors. Mm. That was almost weird, but it was a great. It was a great experience seeing him do that, win easily up there, and then head into Grand Final week. And I think it's the weirdest i felt in the Grand Final week because I expected them to get there, and I haven't had that feeling as a proper adult man. You know, I haven't had that feeling like when they made it in twenty fifteen. I didn't think they were going to make the grand final. I knew they were a chance right before the finals. But I didn't think they were going to make the grand final. And then they blew the Roosters away and they were there. And it really caught me by surprise. And when you're younger, it's different when you're a kid. You can't compare that to feeling now. So I've been more content with being in grand final week than I have been, than I thought I would have been. Like I'm still pumped, but it's a strange feeling when you expect yourself to be there. And I'm sure that Bungard like, probably had that feeling at South and I'm sure some Panthers fans have had it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, the nerves will definitely hit me tomorrow. But I'm not nervous. I'm really excited for Sunday, and I obviously think they are red hot chance of turning the tables. Yeah, and uh, and and knocking off the favourite. Uh, but I just content and I'm, again because we've come from being bad. It's just a feeling of just being happy with what the side is now. Anyway, mm. like yeah, it is a good football side, and I've really enjoyed the season, and they've brought a bit of joy back into my life from sport, which <laughs> they weren't bringing me for a long time there, and it's not their job to do that but it's been nice anyway does
1: help though i am so i i will say i am a little bit jealous of you that our big grand final that we've made in the last 10 years was in the covid year so i mm. stuck at home watching it by myself but yeah 2014 the week the whole lead up was was an amazing i was so i went to the fucking grand final footy show for god's sake yeah. quite, and, it ter- and it was and <laughs> it was terrible it was absolutely awful
0: I listened to some terrible grand final takes this week. Of oh, course. mate,
1: there's some bad. And then, of course, Camper, you'd know, have the same thing in 2019. It popped up on my Facebook memories yesterday, you lining up at the ticket booth at State Yeah, of Australia. it popped up on mine too. <laughs> yeah, that was
2: really fun. But that, that's, that's that's the great thing about the grand final is even if you lose, the like week's as I've important as the game teams almost. do recently, the week is still enjoyable and the mm. result doesn't change what's already happened. But yeah. let's not talk about losing. Where can Brisbane get them, Mitch? Where do you where, like what are the matchups you like? Where do you think Brisbane can hurt them?
0: Well, I think they're winning. Like, I think they're doing it. I thought that for a few weeks. Everyone's like, I, I can't believe the amount of coverage it doesn't give them a chance. Mm. Like, it's so much media coverage. You, and I know you guys are given them a chance, but there's so much of the broader media coverage I don't, don't give them a chance at all. A lot of this, like, lose one to win one.
1: I hate Where'd that. that saying. Come from? I despise that saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. This Penrith team won one to lose one. Brisbane won six before they lost one.
1: Yeah, I, I like, did this the other week it was like the, you, know, you, you know who didn't yeah. win one to lose one the West Tigers the Cronulla Sharks mm-hmm. the South Sydney Rabbitohs they all didn't win one before the lose one before they won one in recent history. Yeah. It's such a stupid saying, I hate it. But
0: how? Yeah, and in, in all the world of sports, too, how many teams you just gone and won heaps? Yeah, that's just how this works. Like you don't have to lose one to win one. You don't. And obviously, that happened to Penrith, but. That losing that grand final isn't why they won the one after it or the one after that. You know, they just lost on that day, and that didn't affect what happens to them after that. They're a they're a winning machine. They'll keep winning, you know, games all season. But I um I I don't know why. Also, people think Brisbane can't score points on them. but that's kind of done my head in. And a lot of the talk has been focused in on Reece Walsh and stopping him, as if that's the only string Brisbane can pull on Sunday. And mm. But on, on that though, even if that was the only string that he could pull, right? Like Walsh has a played the Panthers. It is. But he's played the Panthers four times in his career, right? And that's like this year for Brisbane without Reynolds. And then the three prior with the Warriors when the Warriors weren't good, right? And still on those four games, in three of those that got pounded, he still set up three tries, still scored two, still has four line breaks across those games, still has three line break assists. In the game against Penrith this year, they when Brisbane lost fifteen four he put Cobble over in the corner to score he kicked if you might remember 10 minutes ago put a kick through to himself broke the line got the kick regathered gave it to Madden when he went in the two-on-one with with Dylan Edwards and then Madden bottled the next pass to Ezra mm. but like he pulled that out and he was that was probably should have been a, you know at that point 14 12 under the sticks it wasn't but he did that then and then when he played a half his side in origin he played that left edge you know game one that left edge for the Blues is To'o, Crichton, Luai with Hudson Young in between there, but Liam Martin comes on there. And you know what he did in those games? He brained that left edge. you know, And he did that over both games. He set up four tries across the two games. He also at one point returned a kick for like 70 metres when he went right through Liam Martin, pushed him out of the way, went through, and then got caught by Tedesco. It's like, even if that was the only string they could pull, people somehow think Penrith is going to shut him down. Well, they haven't been able to. They haven't got the answer. Nobody has it, and they haven't got it either. And getting up in his face isn't the answer either because he's not afraid of throwing the risky pass. Because even in game one of Origin, the try that Coppo scores when he slides over casually. You know what Crichton did after getting caught by Reese earlier in the game? Crichton decided to jam him. So Reese threw a 20-meter floater off one touch. It's like, how'd that go? I'm glad you brought
2: up Origin 1 because there's something that happened early in that game that kind of changed the way I felt a little bit about Reese Walsh. So Mm -hmm. obviously, if it's a little fullback like him, you know, and it's a big game. The, the default for any team that's worth their salt is we're going to bash him. We're going to smash mm-hmm. this little prick on the ground. We're <laughs> going to make him not want to run the ball. We're going to, we're going to really, really hurt him. So I think it was the, I think it might've been his first run and the blues fly down and they hit him really hard and like four of them pile on top of him and someone grinds his face into the dirt. And it's a real like welcome to origin moment. Queensland mm-hmm. get a penalty and Walsh jumps up straight away and starts barking at him and he just keeps yelling all day, all day, keep doing it, keep it coming. And I, I, yeah. I think that's an important thing here. Like, you know, we talk like so much of our previews this week have been about how Penrith can contain Reese Walsh, how they can stop him. I have a feeling they're going to go for that same thing. They're going to try and beat him out of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just
2: don't think that's a viable way to do it. You know, I think if, if there is a way to keep him out of the game, it's to sort of just leave him alone. Like, why why rile him up? Why? why he's already a player who plays with a great um, hunger to to dazzle and excel and win and beat you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why give him any more than he needs, you know? So I don't know. I feel like they're going to attack him in that similar way. And I'm I tending to think it's going to backfire a
0: bit. Yeah, I agree with you there. And like, and the thing with him is like, there's a multitude of ways he impacts the game. He's not one of those guys who only has one or two tricks. Like he's not, again, if you, shut, you jam him, you know, and he, he, he can't pass, then no, he can pass, has a kicking game. You know, to try sit up against Penrith in in that, in that round uh, 12 game was they jammed him and he kicked across field in behind for Cobo. It's like, that doesn't not always work on Reese, As you said, he's taken aggression really well most of the season. And actually he wants you to try and smash him. He wants you to come at him because that's when he's got you. When he's got you angry and running fast at him, he's got you on a string. He'll do what he wants with you that way. And There's no team that's been able to stop him from getting to the edges or getting outside of his man. That's who he is. And it doesn't mean he's just going to rip Penrith apart. There's still a really strong and dominant football side, but they're not keeping him out of the football game. And even if they do and Mm -hmm. focus their attention there, the Brisbane still not have Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mann, Herbie Farnworth, Gatoni Staggs. It's a team with Selwyn Cobbo. There's a team with weapons all over the park. And of course, Billy Walters it's not going to come down to whether or not they shut down race Walsh because this team has more than just race Walsh.
1: Yeah. I think back to a couple of the games that Penrith have lost this year and also just the games that have been in the contest over the last couple of years and teams fall into this trap of trying to go set for set with them. And that to me is a death sentence. And I think that if any, although I do add that if any team is equipped to do that, it's the Broncos who, even if you remember Mitch, when they were shit still gave the Panthers some pretty good games in those, yeah. in those down years. But like I think back to that game where South got them at the end at the death early this year. They they killed they they got them with these early shifts out wide all the time. Mm-hmm. They scored from their own half. They nearly scored from their own half two minutes before they did. And they did it a couple of times in the prelim last year as well. Who's the best team in the comp at scoring from inside their own half by shifting the balls out to the sides early on? The Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. So they've got so many weapons on both sides of the ball. And I'm obviously like Penrith are an amazing team. They're an unbelievable they team. Are. They're the best team I've ever seen. But That is the way that you can get at them a little bit. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed method of success, but it's definitely better than what Melbourne tried to do last week and what Parramatta tried to do in the grand final last year. And I think that Mm -hmm. Brisbane will want to chance their arm and they'll not give a shit if they chuck a couple of balls over the sideline in the first two minutes. They'll keep trying it and trying it and trying it. And yeah, I agree, mate. At some point, it's going to work. I'd be shocked if they're like, I'm not, I haven't, I honestly haven't settled on a tip for this game yet, but I'd be shocked if like it's one of those games where Penrith holds them to under 10 points or something
0: like that. Yeah. yeah. I think Brisbane this year, a side that are so good that the only team that beats Brisbane is Brisbane. And that's if, if they come out Sunday in their shell and don't take risks, they'll lose because that's who they are. And one thing they've got really good at this year, they were a team that could always make breaks on their end, but they used to panic when they made a break, give the ball away, throw it over the sideline. How many times have you seen Katoni Stags or Cobbo go over that right-hand touchline on the back of a line break? Mm. They finally got confidence. They don't do that anymore. They'll get tackled and they'll score on the next tackle, generally, or similar. But they're a team, as you mentioned, Bunga, that tries outside of the other team's 20. They've scored, I think it's like 52 of them this year. It's So many. <laughs> so they've sc- many. They've scored, yeah, and the Panthers have scored 30.
1: What was, like, that, wa- what was that Walsh that yeah. you told me the other day about how many line breaks he set up that are not inside the not inside okay, the attacking so he's got, 20?
0: He's got 37 line break assists, right? And for comparison, like, I can't remember how many linebackers total Sean Johnson has, but 21 of his, I think he's like 25. 21 of Sean Johnson's 25 have come in the opposition's, opposition's 10, right? I know different players, but this is the comparison. Reese Walsh is 37. 22 of them have come from outside the opposition 20. That's fine. Is that good? Like, Yeah, that's it. And, like, outside of his own yardage sets, right? Outside of, you know, kick returns and, you know, tackle one dummy half passes and runs, as an example. 15% of his touches have led to a line-breaker or line-breaker assist. That is ridiculous. This year. Like, it is a number that, like, only... It can be matched by, like, wingers, right? Because all wingers do, really, that end of the field is they get a line-breaker, they score in the corner. But it's a number not matched by any other playmaker in the comp, like, close. Mm. And they guess he's just going to get turned off this Sunday, apparently, though, because the other team defends well. And they do defend well. They do defend structures and shapes well. They, they, they'll they read you like a book if you throw the same stuff every other footy team throws at them. But the teams you mentioned, they're bungard. Parramatta have thrown different things at them. And during, I know that grand final, they didn't. But, but other times they have
1: done some stuff that work. yeah.
0: And, yeah, and they go, attack the edges, they offload, and then that then they go from there. And Brisbane are great at those two things. But people tell me this Panthers side are impenetrable. They conceded 16 to this Storm in the in the regular season, 18 to the Dogs. That hampered Manly side put 12 on them in the first, like, 20-odd minutes. They're not impenetrable. They can't have points put on them. And if Brisbane catch them out, you know, I reckon if they go up 12... It's a hard night for Penrith. It's mm. a real hard night for them. I've heard a lot about how hard it's going to be for Brisbane. People act like Brisbane's defense isn't good. They, yeah, they got caught out by Sean Johnson last week, and people are comparing the Broncos against the Warriors with the Pants against the Warriors. Sean Johnson didn't play against Penrith, and they still conceded. It's three tries to two by teams who conceded these finals, and people think Brisbane's got a bad defense. It's like they didn't play Sean Johnson. They've had a cupcake run. Players Teams have rested players against yeah. them on the, in the finals. I don't know if they're ready for the smack in the mouth Brisbane are capable of giving them on Sunday
1: night. And one of those tries that you consider was an intercept. So, really, it's too exactly all. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: and uh, yeah, that's it. But, like, Sean Johnson caught on there. But both teams have pretty much the same strike rate, like, defensively on their own goal line. Like, they can see they're about the same strike rate Brisbane and, Pen- and Penrith do. But you know who's not very good with the ball on the other team's goal line? It's the Panthers. And they mm. win by bludgeoning teams. But I'm not sure they're capable of bludgeoning Brisbane. Like, are they going to, like, is that middle better than Brisbane's? I don't think so. The bench probably is. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm way more confident than what most of the industry is. And I know I'm a Broncos fan. People have seen me down on this team and heard me down on this team. Like, yeah, I think they're going to go in there and I think they're going to win.
1: What, are you, what do you think, the flip side, what do you think is the biggest weaknesses they have in this matchup? Is it the bench rotation? Because as I said, I think I wrote this earlier in the week. It's like when Henry take James Fisher-Harris off, Spencer Lee and you comes on. But when, mm-hmm. you know, no disrespect to the other Broncos players, but when, Patty, when Payne Haas goes off, there's not someone almost as good coming on. There's a couple of guys who mm-hmm. are very good players, but they're not in the same caliber as Payne Haas.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they, if he comes off, hey. That'd be amazing. Like, that would be I Yeah. I don't know if him and Carrigan come off, because I don't know if you guys know this, but how their rotation works for those two this year is they come off when they want to. So that's why you'll see some games Carrigan might play the whole game or might play the first 30 or might play 50. It's, I'm okay. Yeah, I'll have a rest now. And that's why some games they don't. So I wouldn't be shocked if him and Payne play the entire first 40 and Flegler goes off after like 25. And maybe the pace is a bit, bit higher and they do rest them. But I wouldn't be shocked if both those guys play the full game.
1: Well, he played, um, he played 65 in that game you beat them in, in round one. So that's, that's a lot. So yeah.
0: And like, and we've seen like Carrigan has played, like. The finals he did not, but some of that run home he played 80. He's played 80 a number of times this year, and that's mm. in his wheelhouse now. And whilst Haas hasn't played an 80 this year, he's got plenty of 66, 67, 68, it's 70 against the off, Knights. Yeah. But gone off when the game was over or not come back on. Mm. Like, so Man, I, I'd I reckon that.
1: that would that would rule.
0: Yeah, there's a real chance that he um, him and Parag- Carrigan don't go off. But I do believe the, the Panthers have a, a bench advantage. And the other thing they have an advantage on is that if they, they're a team if you get on if they get on top, it's really hard to turn the tables on them. It's really hard to get back on top yeah. of Penrith. And that's where the worry is for Brisbane is that they are a team that's prone to errors, they are prone to yardage mistakes, they are prone to dropping a kick or two. And that's what can cost them. And mm. you know, yeah.
1: You said Penrith that. Penrith all- might
0: only need fourteen to eighteen points to win. You know? I,
1: I said this with Jasper on Tuesday, but it's like, we talk about how Pen uh, the Brisbane's biggest strength is that they're not afraid of anything. But in mm-hmm. a game like this, if things go badly, it can also be their biggest weakness. And there's a world where a couple of passes go astray, there's a dropped kick or two, and you're the ones that are down like 14 nil after 25 mm-hmm. minutes. And at that point, the, no disrespect, the game's probably over because that's what Penrith do. But as long as that doesn't happen, I reckon you're a red hot chance.
0: Yeah, and I think they can chase that football game. My worry my worry, as I said, I think the only thing that stops them this weekend is themselves. If they go in their shell or make a lot of mistakes, I think it stops them. So I think if that if this game is in the balance of power, I don't care how good Penrith, Penrith have been for the last three years. That's not how you win on game. When the game starts, no one gives a shit how good you were for the last three years. I'm talking about who's gonna win come Sunday. Not you know, not who's gonna win if we played last year or the year before, or the year before that. Mm. But if if They don't make mistakes. Sorry, not mistakes, silly mistakes like yardage errors or similar. But if they keep playing their, their 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 football, attacking football, attack the edges, go up the middle, offload when it's on, they'll beat them. But they will, I don't care who Penrith are. They haven't got the gear Brisbane have.
2: The only thing that really worries me about Brisbane not playing their best in this one, it's Mm -hmm. not so much if they go into their shell, Mitch, it's if they come too far out of their shell. Out of shell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like because because this is a team that we have seen a couple of times this year who like no moment is too big for them, but sometimes they're just so eager to attack it and get into it mm. and go crazy that they 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 lose sight of the process a little bit. That hasn't happened for a good mm-hmm. good while now. It sort of happened a lot more earlier in the season, mm. but this yeah. is about to be a different stage entirely. You know it is I think they'll be I think they'll be able to find their best footy and I think that they won't sort of get away from the stuff that works from them, but I do think that is something that is still that that is that is still possible. But that's that's really the only issue. Well, not even the only issue. The only concern I have of them mm. not playing close to their best. You know, yeah. I'm not expecting that to happen, but I do think it's a slight possibility.
0: No, hundred percent, and like that. That's that's it. But they're still a team that we've all seen every gear Penrith have. We've seen all they've got. We've seen them grind some teams out. We have seen them. This year, they've been better at putting some teams away from bigger scores, yep. but I actually think that's not a sign That's a sign of not being as confident as what they were in themselves in the past. They used to not give a shit about putting scores on. They're doing it now, but we've seen those gears, and I think Brisbane still has stuff we haven't seen. And I think as a neutral fan, I think the thing you would be most excited for this weekend, though, is both these teams have been so comfortable for the last, like, five weeks that neither team has had to play for 80 minutes. Like, they've mm-hmm. won games in the first 50 or 60 in crews. This game goes for eighty. We're gonna see some carnage. Like if they're going hard at each other for eighty minutes, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah. You know, normally,
2: so. normally with these games, you try to identify where one team's strength can hit another team's
1: weakness. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But I think in this one, both teams' strengths are pointed directly at each,
1: Zion, at each Zion, other. Iron sharpens iron.
2: Yeah, it's like like bo- both all all the big guns are pointing directly at each other. You know, mm-hmm. and. All, all the weaknesses are things that both teams can sort of do to each other or do to themselves rather than what they can do to each other. So it's not strength versus weakness. It's strength versus strength, Yeah, mm. which is the good exactly. shit. And who has the
1: strongest <laughs> man? Marty to power. There you go. You're fine. The, yeah. the power. I'll tell you what, big the big. One thing,
0: if we are if somehow for any reason, if somehow Brisbane are up by like 18 points with 15 to go, the one way Kevy might lose me is we don't fake three concussions and to get, get Corey, Corey, Corey on. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good at that. that? Man, if guys. I could,
2: if like I know Jesse Arthur's has won that spot, and he he's had a great year and he's a great story on mm-hmm. his own. But f- it breaks my heart that Oates is. Oh, bad, right?
1: oh, Mitch, do you have a beloved winger that's been at your club forever, who you adore, who won't be in the grand final because he lost his spot halfway through the year? That's interesting.
0: Uh, that's all right. We We've got multiple to win, though, mate all right wow I, would start, have,
2: like, I, I just I just think would have been cool because he's the last guy from 2015 and could have brought That's it full it circle and, it, that yeah, and
1: been, that been, all and... that
2: but it's a it's a ruthless game sometimes and man. also
0: like a lot a lot of rats fled the ship you know over that year a lot of this like I know we've mentioned two guys have stayed through that spoon stuff but they, what other senior players stayed he's the one he and he not that he would have got big money but he could have easily left gone elsewhere oh yeah paid, for sure. or similar Without and doubt. it's you know, he's not really lost the spot on his own form. He he lost the spot, being injured, injured again, got his opportunity to win it back. And unfortunately, if we saw those games, him he just didn't look 100%. So that's it. We're at the business end of the season. If he's back two weeks earlier, he's probably in the side. And I do feel really sorry for him just because of the, as we said, he's a guy who stayed through this, that whole patch. and he's the last one left from that 2015 bunch and he wants to stay around still. And, you know, it'd be a weird experience for him to go into this week for, um, sitting at 18th man and yeah, not on the field, but it is what it is. It's it'd be cool. It'd be cool if he
1: got on, it'd be cool.
0: It would be great. But, uh, and Jesse's been fantastic. And when he dropped that bomb the start of last week, I was, I was cursing him a little, but I think he's brought some good balance to the side. Like he's, um, he's not a home run hitter. You know, he just a get on base winger. Mm. Yep. And, and a couple of, couple of doubles to center field now. And
2: then yeah, that's it.
0: And he's not the best yardage guy. We we, we missed that without Corey, but I actually think the Corey Herbie combo combo kind of didn't work this year when it played. Herbie's not very good at giving the ball to his winger. Even cop stick from the playing group about it. Not the great passer, not great at engaging his winger. And Corey is so mobile and stiff. Is that he hasn't really got many ways of getting involved in the game if you don't mm. if you don't feed him. Whereas you know Jesse will get in the field and get involved and you know take a dummy half run, jingle cross field or whatever. Corey ain't got that. Corey's I take hit ups, and you give me ball. And if that doesn't happen, he's just out in that wing getting a cold. And he's not as good as in the air as Jesse is defensively. And Jesse has been this year with the the bit of turn of foot that Corey's lost with the injury. Jesse's been a better finisher. Which I wouldn't think I'd say. Corey's been one of the great finishes of the NRL the last decade, but he just hasn't got that his top line at the moment. And Jesse's been better him, so I feel really sorry for him missing out. And he will be, you know, in the jersey on the day. But I'm just saying, if they get ahead somehow, Kevy, you got to start knocking boys out. <laughs> they got to start. Some of them they can only find you so much for fake concussions, Kev. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they can't take the trophy away, Kev. They can't, exactly. definitely can't do that. <laughs> uh, so how's this, how's this? Because you know we've done slow your brain and all that this year. With Oates not playing, which of the Broncos has played the most games for Brisbane?
0: Oh, God, I don't know that answer. I'm thinking now. I'm trying to think. Let me, I, let me, I, I, it, I just it. looked
2: it up while you were while you were talking because I couldn't think is of it either.
0: Is it Flegler? Bro, it's Payne. I thought it was Payne was wow. the next guess. Yeah. Yeah. But and you it, told yeah. me this year, Campo, he's played no games. It's another Sorry? thing you lied to me about. You told me this year he hadn't would played no games. Look, no, no, that was, that was that
2: was my tip that Payne Haas was going to retire from rugby league to take up a career as a cellist. Look, it didn't yeah. pan out,
1: but no, they can't that all one. pan out. Payne played no games was when we wanted Payne Haas to play Origin, and the big wowser himself, Nick Campton, was against it because he hadn't earned the right yet.
2: He hadn't earned the right. Yeah. I was right. No, about no, that. He told me this year as well. Remember, when I, put I was him right my, about that. Um,
1: my best ever uh, Brisbane side. Remember, he's very upset with me. He oh, he was upset with you. That's that true. was last yes. year. No, that was this year. We were at Surly's, no, it bro. Year. It was the night the with Knights lost to the Cowboys with Harry. With Harry. Yeah. yeah. That was like three months ago. He told me ago. he played
0: four years of first grade. Like, no, he hasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he played four
1: years. All of this
0: is true. But yeah, it him and Flegler. Sound like, like something I'd say. <laughs> no, him and Flegler, they, they've, they've had a similar time in first grade, but obviously uh, Flegler's got a few more issues staying on the field. Like Payne debuted the year before him. But there you go. How close is Pat?
1: I would have guessed Carrigan or Haas. But, yeah. Do you still have it up in front of you, Nick?
2: Carrigan's a fair way back. Carrigan's on 83 games. Haas is
1: on 104. Oh, wow. A whole season, pretty much. Yeah. I was was, there. 90-something, right? Were you
0: there? Fliggler's 90-something, right? So he's not far off.
2: Um, If you just give me a second to vamp while I look that up. Are there any more terrible takes you want to rake me over the coals? over? That's,
0: that's the funny part, too. That it, that's that's how you talk about how this group's been together, though, right? A lot of those guys have that same banding of games. Like, Cotone's played yeah. 99, Herbie's played 78, whatever.
1: Like, yeah. they were all Flagler's,
2: there. The- Flegler's 96.
1: I actually, Mitch, I actually weirdly do remember this because I was there. I'm pretty sure you were there with me. Do you remember mm-hmm. what jersey number Payne Haas debuted in?
0: I don't remember like, the number. I know, is it was it's 23 20, or something? 25. Yeah, because it was like didn't have a jersey. Was it because it was right he needed size. one that was
1: that big, right? Yeah. yeah people, oh,
0: you gotta yeah.
2: love that. You gotta you gotta love a bit of Val Tavare, extra yeah. extra extra large action. That's,
1: that's what they needed. They needed a big yeah. jersey for a big boy, and, and it's then, all just been uphill since. Yeah, being
0: the probably the best like t- signing in the club's history. I know
1: uh, outside signings,
0: Adam Reynolds, but they gave him that pass, that huge deal. It worked, and then he's still here. Best gamble they've taken. Mm.
1: Um, um, but uh,
0: yeah, the. It's, it's a weird. It's weird. They're all going. To, I'm sad that Herbie and Flegler are leaving. Like, Flegler, we can live without both of them, right? Dean Mariner is going to be coming in most likely, or maybe Jesse keeps one wing, Cobo goes centre, Corey keeps the other. Who knows? They've got other uh, props. We've already spoken about some of them, but we saw how good Xavier Willis looked in on his small stints this year. There's Ben DeCoura. They've brought in, brought in Fletcher Baker. I think they might make something out of. Um, but it's just. I don't know. I don't know if those guys were given the opportunity to stay or go. Now, how they'd feel with how far yeah. far. Well, Herbie's only run. on a
1: one-year deal, right? Uh, two do- years, isn't it? I thought it was, I swear, I thought it was only one, but know, maybe I mean, he ain't coming back. There ain't okay. no money, <laughs> um,
0: and it <there> probably <laughs> isn't anyway. Like, like they're trying to lock up guys like Ezra and Walsh of the future, but it it does suck that those guys uh, went through that period with them, are part of the boys, part of this same group that played in twenties together. Some of the guys are still from the last NYC season. Like, some of these guys mm. playing
1: together. That's wild. Um,
0: it does suck that this is their last Broncos game and that they probably miss out on being involved in what could be a potential spe- uh, uh, special period for the club.
1: Good one to have, but though.
0: But I'm, I'm glad that, like, Herbie has been fantastic again in the finals. A little hampered back into the season. He's been great. And Flegler seems to have taken some extra responsibility. I know he's been in the leadership group off the field all year, but he has, we all know he has a dumb penalty and, and mistake in his game. But mm. the last few weeks those haven't been there and he's taken that physicality as part of his game. And it, those two guys look like they're, they're really hungry to win one on the way out amongst the other dudes. And it sucks they're going, but you know, that, that, that's life of foot. Now have life of being good that you can't keep yeah, them off. Well,
2: I guess that's final confirmation that the Broncos are back to where they used to be, where they're a, they're a star making mm. vehicle now, Yeah, you know, a couple of good seasons. a couple of good seasons there. Can can we'll, we'll but, bring we'll bring ev- like we'll bring everyone into the competition running if they think they can get you, you know, how, if, how yeah, they get in the Brisbane, you can make it are
1: coming. How are they under the cap? Articles are coming well, mate, back. I've already saw I saw that other week someone
0: speaking about Walsh or Mam both look to resign, and they're like oh how sad other clubs and get a run at them. I did
2: that was me? what a ridiculous that was that, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: Idiotic
0: like, no, very stupid. Aren't we stuff. supposed it's it's quite funny how we on one hand we're so pro guys staying and being loyal to the club and developing forever, but also on other hands we want them gone. Like strip this we're, club apart. They're
2: pro well, like we're pro players staying at one club forever unless there's a couple of slow news days in a row and we need some transfers. Yeah, I was gonna say, I That's feel it. like a
1: lot of these people are just duplicitous losers who would be upset with this situation no matter what happened and no matter who was benefiting from it but hey yeah. but,
0: but i do think you summed it up well there nick though is that this club for a long time i was like what has happened to this place and i know it's a diff- not the same team it's not the same people working there and it probably isn't even that close to the same but this year i feel like this is the broncos whatever the broncos are this is it i feel like this is what we are again we have talent we're always going to have that first pass at talented queensland landers but we've got it wrong for a long time we're getting that right again but there's talent outside the first grade team there is a lot of brisbane boys in the side a lot of guys who grew up as brisbane fans but also they're playing in big important matches they have stars of the game again now like you know reese walsh is mentioned could be the face of the game they have they have guys like him and they have guys on on the perimeter that like even guys like Tristan Sale looks like a first grade fullback and he's in reserve grade. And that's what it felt like to be a Brisbane fan. And it's a long way away from a couple of years ago, our halves. And, you know, God bless him, what he's become. Tyson Gamble, Albert Kelly, Brody Croft. We brought, we Carmichael Hunt got a game and he's a coach. In, now he's South Logan Magpie coach like a year later. Like so far from the desperate times. And it's not even that far on the calendar, but it feels that far in my heart. <laughs> from what
1: they were ah, they are. feelings
2: are more important than facts Bungard uh, how, how did we
1: get here
2: one more one more thing before we finish and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you started talking about you know Brisbane mm. getting back to to what they were because I and I feel like a huge part of that is Welsh, not just as a player but as a star like carrying yeah, Brisbane on your star. back is it's 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 almost impossible like we saw we've seen it cripple bloke's careers and I think mm-hmm it's the sort of job that's so big. It's like, it's like being, it's like being the president. You know what I mean? You've got to be fucking crazy to think you can do it. But if you could mm-hmm. if you think you can do it, if you believe you can do it, then you probably can, you know, mm-hmm. and for Brisbane to get back to the place they've gotten, they've gotten to, I think they needed someone like that. They needed someone who could put the city on their shoulders and who didn't get weighed down by it. And Walsh never has been not for a second. It's never, ever, ever mm-hmm. looks too big for him, you know, and that, 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 that we're getting into very sort of like philosophical, non-scientific things here, mm-hmm. but they needed, they needed someone who could, who could carry that. And in Walsh, they've got it, you know, and for years, they haven't had a bloke like that. Like it fucking weighed Anthony Milford down from the second he arrived at the club. It stopped him from becoming, there's a lot of reasons he didn't become the player he could have been, but that's probably one of them. You know, Lockyer was yeah. able to do it, but only because he's the most unassuming bloke in the world and nothing ever seemed to faze him. You know, and and Walsh Walsh is doing it a different way. Walsh is doing it because he's just got this unbelievable confidence and this unbelievable charisma. And he, he thinks he can do anything. And nobody should be able to carry Brisbane on their back, but he thinks he can. Because he thinks he can, he can, you know?
0: And 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 I know it's a teen sport, but you've nailed it there, and it's just feelings I've had about him. I know it's a teen sport, and it's rugby league of all the teen sports is very little about one player on that field. But when Lockie was a Bronco, I confuse Lockie's ability to keep Brisbane feel like they were in the game. Like he had something he had about him that infected the other players. Brisbane always felt in the game. I confuse that with Brisbane always being in the game because when we lost him, we we lost lots of football games. But it was well, like, yeah, you like you know, telling Brisbane me Peter
2: often- Waller Peter Wallace didn't have the same thing.
0: But as you know, we, you know what it was like. Brisbane at that time made a lot of massive comebacks with Lockyer. They have some games that were down by you know multi, like twenty plus and won won the game in the second half. We have his kick for Denning Kemp against Parramatta after the siren, all that kind of stuff. And he went, and that attitude went with him. And whilst his Brisbane side was good last year, the attitude Reece Walsh has brought has infected the playing group. And as you said, he's born to be a star in Brisbane, and you're going to get a lot of pressure. And he's going to make a lot of mistakes on and off the field, but he rolls with the punches on all of them. You know, he went through that issue, his judiciary issue this year, came back like nothing happened. And if anything, had learned lessons from it already. He hasn't approached the referee since. And he probably, it's been a good suspension for him, man. He was getting one of those guys running and yelling in the ref's face. It's like, no, you're not the captain, mate. You can't do that. And he stopped doing that. He's learned a lot, but he certainly feels like, the, the most special player Brisbane have had since him, the Lockheed. I don't want to put him on a pedestal, but I am. He, and I know it's a long way of he, ahead of him as a Brisbane footballer. And I never thought he could get here. And you even hear Kevy and them say, we rap, we wrapped Reese. We loved him. We had no idea he he was this good when they brought him back. So yeah. None of us knew he could be this guy. I mean, he's. if you look at photos of him from last year, go watch him last year highlights people with spare time. Look at how small he is last year to now. In one off season he got that booty. That wasn't well, there well, a year only, ago.
1: he only hit puberty a year ago, to be fair.
0: That's it. Oh, yeah, but he's like a dude, like the one thing about him is an unassuming thing. I know he's a bit of a lair. He's a, a 21-year-old man looking as good as him, playing as good as he does. I'd have been the worst human alive, by the way. <laughs> but he's a bit of a lair. <laughs> I'd have been but a lot of war crimes, dog. Yeah. Like he exactly. He does so much extra work on himself as a footballer and improving. And he loves his craft. And that's what the greats of the game come from. There's a lot of guys with talent. There be other guys with the talent Reese has, but there's not a lot of guys with the work ethic to go with it. And especially, he's got a kid as well. I don't know how he finds the time. Has a kid that he looks after at that age. He finds that time. But when you see him in person, like I'm not going to say he's the best Bronco I've ever seen, but there, I have never seen somebody like him. Mm. And he doesn't fully come across on on TV, and doesn't even come across on his full like his top speed or any that kind of stuff. But I've never seen somebody pop up out of nowhere all the time be inside someone and be outside someone straight after that to just have the confidence and swagger the entire game. I've never seen someone who's like happy to throw an intercept and then literally two sets later go the same way and throw the pass again. Anyway, and he's like, fuck you. I can do it. You know, like i have not seen a guy like that at his age to have that confidence, swagger and ability in a package. Brisbane, it's a privilege to have a ball like him in our side. I'm sure the teardown's coming, but I've enjoyed that a lot of it. That the community have enjoyed him as well. So said it, said it
2: yourself, man. He's a born star. He's yeah, born Some some, some boys, some boys just have it, you know.
0: And I, yeah. I never and thought got more I'd of see a footballer. Most. Again, he's got a long way ahead, and I don't want to put him on the same level. But I never thought I'd see a footballer even remotely close to Lockyer play for Brisbane again, in terms of talent or what he could be. But I think he's the only one. That I've seen since, and it might be they want to see again because they don't come come along often.
1: He's a bloody special player. It is remarkable how much this team has turned around. I wonder, like as well, like do you do you think about like how bad things were two or three years ago? Tom didn't leaves as well. It's like, do you like you? Do you think you even get Reynolds if that if that if all the if all the dark days never happen, or you do you think that, that none of that ever happens and you're probably not as good as you are now?
0: I mean, he had to go for those reasons you just said there. I've been. I've thought about it before, and I mean, that's why I never cared about Edith and leaving as much as I should have. He's clearly found a home being a second receiver, being a sixth there, not at seven. But that that last part, him and Fafita, were like the last two things that had to fall over. Him and Fafita Walsh finally made all the changes happen. Like Reese leaving had the Peter Nolan get get resolved, for example, there. But he had to leave to come back, and he realized how much how good it was at Brisbane, actually, by leaving. That grass is always green and stuff, right? It's already out of his head. The temptation's gone. But the same thing that didn't... If he didn't leave, they'd have stuck to their guns of like, no, don't worry. We're like, the next young fella's going to be the halfback or the next young fella. Mm. And whilst these other guys could have been as good, this team would be, would not be what it is remotely close to without Adam Reynolds. It's and true. And they won't be after he's gone either. <laughs> so he's just still... His, he's the steady hand between the chaos that makes it all run when he's out
1: there. Mm. The guiding hand of Adam Reynolds. Yeah, he, I'm, yeah. I couldn't be happier for him. I'm glad he's doing well. I'll always love him. I mean, wish I'm we glad still as had him. Much well, but... he's enjoyed
0: being up there because yeah. you know you always see that shit and you think it's garbage when a player goes to a new city. And he did put some South love in some of his comments this week. But you know he said it himself he never thought he'd enjoy being in another club like he enjoyed being at South, but he loves it up there.
1: I'm glad. Good to hear it. Um, all right. What's your scoreline and your Clive Churchill? Give me your first try score as well if you want to. You're feeling saucy. Uh
0: Well, it's not because I think he'll get it, but like I don't. It's I think it's really hard for a player that isn't Reese Walsh to get. The I Clive agree Churchill, with that. Brisbane Maybe Reynolds.
1: I think Haas is one of those guys. I said this camper the other week. I don't think Haas can get it, even if he's like amazing. Unless he's he I don't know, like man. Three like three
2: if, if that if Haas or Carrigan plays 80, then I think it's possible because then the narrative Maybe. becomes how
0: the fuck have they done this. Against this pack, yeah. all that sort of maybe year. if he plays
1: eighty, well,
0: maybe. But I think the only two, yeah, contenders really are Haas and Walsh for Brisbane. But I'm going with Walsh because they're winning twenty six to ten. Wow, way yeah. they're getting up they're getting up twenty four and the kicking a penalty goal to waste time. Who's scoring?
2: First. Who's scoring? Who's scoring first?
0: It's definitely going to be Stags or Cobo because okay. they're going that side. Definitely, they're, gonna ca- they're gonna, Yeah, they're going. You catch, heard it here um, first,
2: people. Put your house on it. And mm-hmm. if no, it's don't. wrong, it's not my fault. Yeah,
0: But, you know, they're going to go that way and they're going to catch, like, so- Sorensen, Luai, Crichton, or, or out, because they've moved Crichton over that side with Luai's injury. So, um, well, that's where they're going to get him.
1: Yep. All right. I like that a lot. Well, Campo, uh, you and I will have our picks coming tomorrow on day six of podcast week. It never, ever ends.
2: Feel uh, like the scene in basketball where Bob Costas and Al Michaels are like, Washing their shirts in the yeah, in the that arduous month four of the basketball playoffs, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: and before we get out of here, quick thank you to people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service patreon.com forward slash nrl boom rookies. Uh, you get an extra show every week, access to our Discord server, entry in xjs culture and Cup merchandise discounts, and uh, Mitch will insult you in whatever language you like, uh, once mm-hmm. per week. I don't think that's a new Perfect. perk that we're adding, yeah. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne of the Old Coot, Alex Sergiocomi, Broncos Legend, Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Palm, Buttsy uh C1, C12, C14, C15, Walk of Shame, Super Team, Chewbacca Snuff Dan Cullinane, Do it for Scott Minto, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Ed Burton, formerly of the lower tiers. Uh, future Clive Churchill medalist Billy Walters. I also went to school with Bungard, I'm Matt Lungard, could not be happier for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I've got a blank space in my fantasy team, and I'll write your name. Jason, Jazz Devunga, Polling, and Ocean's Eleven heist to steel Ponga's deli. M. Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh, Brandon kicks out of the comp block, and then got Ladrick, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles, moved what Mads Taylor's version. Man, has to drink water. Matthew Duggan, Michael sitting around and naming Patreon names is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favorite thing to do. Mister Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my ding ding dong is hard and I am sad. Never trendy, Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark. See you in Vegas. Storm fans know how the rest of the comp feel now with this grand final appearance. Drive spell tie. Thank you too, Chris Avniel, Dave, Rocky, and Rafi, Stew. The Black Vegetable, the Evolution will be euthanized cop that mitchell the outro music is a vibe on 1.75 times speed these white slippers are albino african endangered rhino thor tom hardy was and westlife's podcast end the pasco fiasco thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. thank you as well
2: shout out to c1 a loyal listener at this point and mitch you hmm. can murder a liberator <sighs> but you can't murder liberation and you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder Fuck freedom off. and you can murder a Kevolutionary, but you can't murder you a can't
0: Kevolution. That's not like magic round like 30 times. I, yeah. I hope they make you proud. No, oh, mate. Yeah. I, I and if they too. don't, I'll blame everybody else.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. That's I'm the sure way it was.
0: Dast- it was that dust. It was <laughs> that dastardly Adam G. Yep. <laughs>
1: If you lose because okay. Adam Reynolds okay. misses a sideline conversion, I'm here for you.
0: Uh, that's all right. He's, he's going he's to kick
1: them all. That'd be very good. Um, he
0: actually had been a bit of a kicking slump for most of his Broncos career until the last, like, what I'm going to say, like, six to eight weeks. Mm. He hadn't kicked it as well here at all as he kicked it, um, at oh, South after uh, that grand final, but yeah, he has been recently. Let's
1: hope that doesn't happen. All right, let's get out of here. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me.